1: Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring starring Ramon! Look, just like that! That's me! Amazing how that works. He's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Daniel Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in San Jose, California, covering hockey. And, Ramon, I'm not done. I I don't feel like I'm done with some of the stuff, some of the residue from the Super Bowl. But as it relates to the Steelers, because I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to pile on this Matt Canada thing
0: again. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, just a smidge because we got so many days in the offseason. Yeah, you will. DK, stop lying. But go but ahead. You saw these. You saw these plays.
1: It, it wasn't just everyone talks about the Chiefs and Eric enemy And what about the Eagles and Shane Steichen? What about all of this clever offense? Uh, these guys were just terrific uh, on both sides of the ball.
0: They were, man. Not just that. Um, I mean, right now you're seeing teams hire offensive coaches more than anything, too. I know the uh, Cardinals just ended up hiring a defensive guy, and 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 uh, Houston did, too. But the attraction of offense is what's selling right now. I had somebody tell me recently, like, you're not going to want to hear this, but in, in, in basketball, offense sells a whole lot quicker. And I think that's what we're getting right now in the trend of football, like, Good defenses are going to be a huge part of what wins games, but staying in games, right, and being able to score at will or scoring in clutch moments is what, honestly, Kansas City showed us. And I'd be, you know, I'd be silly to think that somebody somewhere is not going to want to poach one of their guys in the near future, even if, you know, it's assumed that it's the other guy. Like, I really look at a guy like – Eric Bieniemy is somebody that will be attractive in a situation that you kind of say, "Boy, what a young quarterback!" That's I don't want to call him Mahomes like, but he's in this Mahomes era. And Kenny Pickett, you say to yourself, if stability was the format this year for you know retaining Matt Canada, well, what happens if it's not so great next year? And this young kid and Kenny Pickett has the opportunity to learn and grow within this offense and be a better pro. Do you look outside and say, "What's next for them?" Because this is what happens in the league: is you go with what's hot, and eventually, somebody like the enemy, or even I don't even a play caller like Nagy, right? He's got to be you know plucked and say, okay, I need you to play calls. Maybe not a head coach in Kansas City or in Chicago, but it's exciting to see what they were able to do, especially on those fake motions. And it was just two wide open touchdowns, DK. That's what if you're gonna lose, or if you're gonna play close games. Make it look like that. And I think that's what we're all asking for. Yeah, I,
1: I think that's okay. In fairness, first of all. Okay. Oh, fairness? Oh. I'm going oh. to give this a shot. Okay. Okay. As it relates to Matt Canada, the one thing the Steelers were really consistently good at, I thought, was once they got really close to the end zone. You didn't yeah. see a whole lot of, once they got inside the five mm-hmm um they had and they had some different trickery too remember yeah they did uh, the, the george pickens coming across and the little and all the inside handoffs and everything so i'm not about to bury the Steelers for the one thing that i thought they did from a coaching perspective well offensively however however, however those things we were watching in the super bowl were something else and you have the trained eye i don't you tell me, are they were they playing chess to the, those two teams offensively to everyone else's checkers, or was it just the defenses weren't sharp, or what? Because there was a lot of like those those touchdowns you just mentioned, and yeah. I know there the, were the, the two Kansas City touchdowns.
0: Dudes were just
1: wide open.
0: Yeah, they were.
1: And I, when I think... you watch it, it didn't look all that complex.
0: And when you watch it on the uh, replay, it doesn't look that complex, and it wasn't that complex. They schemed them the heck up, is what ended up happening, man. Like those fake motions where they were expecting uh, the wide receivers to go all the way across. Kadarius Tony was one of those guys, I'm not mistaken. They bit, and yes, in that segment right there, I think they they probably scouted them. We always kind of say that a little bit, like the self-scouting aspect of what you do as a team and what other teams are watching from you. They put them in motion and brought them right back outside for a wide open touchdown. Not once, but they probably just went, flip it, flip it and ran into the exact same side to kind of close out the game a little bit. And I'll say this, and we said this, too, after the Super Bowl. took To Matt Canada's point, and I think the point of the Super Bowl was this, too. Running still does have a strong play setter in the NFL. you got to be able to move up and down the field. And those teams, both teams, D.K., Got to the tight red zone within that five-yard line. They ran the ball in except for on those two touchdowns right there. Kelsey was a red zone touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, on Hills or tight red zone also. But the ability to of pound it in from the end zone, the Steelers did do that well and way better in the second half of the season, too. Again... I, I think he is off of Matt Canada for a little while because, look, we got to deal with it. It's just like the uncle you invite to the cookout every year, right? We just got to deal with it, right? But we'll the, deal the, with the, it the, until the first game, right? The the opportunity that they move the cookout to a different city and he can't find <laughs> transportation is <laughs> one of those things Well, he won't be missed. Uh, Unless there's drastic improvement. And I think that's everybody's hope. We're not trying to fire this guy, but it is enticing when you see around the league other teams hiring offensive guys that had really good offensive success like the Indianapolis Colts. And they're probably going to end up picking a quarterback to pair with their head coach for years to come, too. Um, and just seeing the recirculation of coaches around this league to where you have a Titans offensive coordinator now go to the New York Jets mm-hmm. as a head coach. You see Brian Flores come to the Steelers, and now he's in the def- – like, we will – I don't think this is the last shuff- shuffling of what this team has to come, especially if we don't see improvement. And I think that's the biggest thing that – our spoiled, and yes, I'm calling us all spoiled, fan base of the Pittsburgh Steelers, there is a level of of expectation while sitting in stands, while watching on TV. And me personally, I know the players have that too. It's got to be delivered at some point. It's
1: got to be. And the funny thing is, I have a feeling that what you just said about how uh, you you would bring in a coordinator like the Colts at the yeah. same time, you are bringing in a new quarterback, and there is your dream scenario. Let them grow together. Let them whatever. <laughs> and I have a feeling that that's part of what the Steelers are thinking about slash diluting themselves is that because they've had you know Canada with Kenny for a while, yeah, less than a year uh, that they could, that they can just turn this into some sort of you know beautiful relationship that ends up growing over time. And I'd feel a lot better about that. Honestly, Moan, if if there was more precedent, if there was more reason for if I heard from more people like you inside the game who would look at his schemes and say, hey, you know what? This guy's got something.
0: You know, know what? I, and and I want to I kind of want to go into this in the next segment too. like how much growth is there? And what Matt Canada has presented us with. Like, I wanna go in offensive position wise, what they need, who can do what, who should be doing certain things, because I think that's necessary as we get into almost draft season and combine season, DK. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show.
1: Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. You know, you can start believing in your coordinators whenever you start seeing other teams covet them. You know, you know we're talking about Shane Steichen here. Shane Steichen is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and that's when you start seeing, all right, wow, everybody else is seeing. Yeah. You know, what we were seeing. Everybody else is seeing. Like I was saying in the previous segment, you don't hear that at all about the Steelers. You don't hear it at all about Matt Canada. But at the same time, Canada, you know, there's no question the offense was missing some yeah. components, right? And what are those? I mean, it's not like we're looking at 11, you know, Pro Bowl guys. What, what's missing here?
0: <laughs> what, what, what's missing, man, is um, where is the improvement at? I think there's probably one or two wide receivers away still even with George, even with Deontay. After those two, DK, tell me where else is the help as far as trying to get together. That's one thing about Philly and KC. They have playmakers at all positions, not just their main two guys. Like, we have two main two guys at wide receivers. Where's the other help? You get improvement right there too, right?
1: So- yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's funny that when we do most of our talking about the 2023 Steelers, we look on the defensive side of the ball you know, because there's there's legit holes over there, or there's going to be holes as a result of free agency. When you look at the offense, it's funny that this was the big science project for the whole year, <laughs> and yet at the end of it, we're kind of going, eh, you know, yeah. get, a, get, a, you know get a left tackle. Um, yeah. Is this really it? Is this really the group? I mean, I, I count like you.
0: I got Kenny, Najee, George, uh, Pat Friermuth, and chooks is there i think mason cole is there i think uh james daniels is there jalen uh, warren I, is
1: a fair one to include jalen warren is now a jalen warren piece yeah I, his, uh, I, offense
0: i see damn more still i i still look at this and say i don't know where uh Dotson will fit in or will he be challenged too. i still sit sit on, on on that hill saying that one dk just a little bit man like they all improve, but where is the matter of more improvement too, that we're looking for? Like, let's be honest about that. And you know I've said this time and time again when we're looking at just the management of a team, I think we see some teams that'll just they'll drop a guy before the, the fan base realize they need to. You know what I'm saying? I, I think they do draft an offensive lineman early on to really press competition because this is a thing. Other than the five starters that we know, DK, who else is in that room that the fans us can say, yeah, I can't wait till that guy gets a sniff on the field. I don't know if there's anybody behind him. J.C. Hausner, who I think is a free agent again, who else uh, is behind uh, him? Because O-line.
1: nobody, nobody O-line, nobody. But,
0: and that's what we are. I, this team can't go through another transition of just having five guys that only play. Like, you got to be able to develop uh, talent and push through that. I can say that in hindsight now because I see where we were. And yes, they grew a little bit too, DK, but there are positions on that team. Wide receiver and offensive line that have to be addressed to take this offense to a different level. And like you said, when you're when you're highlighted as to doing those things, whether it's free agency, whether it's through the draft, whether you inherit an offensive line the same way that the field's offensive, I mean, the way, same way the Eagles offensive uh, coordinator did Shane Sykin, right? You still say to yourself, then he Use that platform of good players to get him a head coaching job, DK. You got to get in the Jimmys and Joes too. That is overly necessary in today's ball with young and free agent guys. Omar's mm-hmm. first all season. This is huge for him.
1: I'm looking at you. It's funny you even mentioned a wide receiver. Okay, yeah. So if you have George Pickens just growing, natural improvement second year okay he was already at times spectacular didn't get the ball anywhere near enough from his offensive coordinator think Shane Steichen might have used him
0: oh my gosh he used (laughs) uh the kid out of uh Alabama Devontae Smith
1: yeah he did right
0: yeah Yeah, he he did did. and also you had Kadarius Tony being used in Kansas City and uh gosh Lee the wide receiver from Kansas City uh I'll give you his name in a second the young rook um that came out of nowhere in this past game. Gosh, Lee, we got to get our that department if you together. You look
1: from the Steelers. Scott Moore. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the two Ys. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Scott Moore. If, yes, if, Pittsburgh if guy.
1: Right. If you look at this team, the Steelers and their offense, and you say to yourself, okay, just going right through them here. Here's your quarterback. Okay, you've got your quarterback. Okay. If you can't win with Kenny Pickett, you're probably not a very good coordinator. We can we can agree on that. Yeah. Same thing yeah, goes with a, a backfield that continues of Najee and Jalen Warren. You've got two NFL running backs potentially with good ceilings still, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Both young, both energetic, both fired up, and everything else. Okay. What this conversation really boils down to are the wide receivers. Okay. Think about it. Because you got George. Yeah. You've got Deontay, you know, you can say him. You can say his name, okay, and you can wish that the best version of Deontay is the one that you get. He gets to the bigger games, and all of a sudden he's dropping balls and whatever else, um, doing that silly running backward thing that they can't seem to kick out, or they're not trying to kick out of his system. And even there, though, Moan, there might be answers because once you bring Calvin Austin – into this mix, all of a sudden, all those silly jet sweeps and yeah. everything else start looking like real plays. Why? Because they're not being run by Gunnar Olszewski. They're not being run by Steven <laughs> Sims. You see what I'm saying? I
0: do get what you're okay. saying.
1: So what's really missing from the offense is one of those well-possession-type receivers that Deontay is supposed to be for $18 million a year. you see what I'm saying? So what I mean, do you I, do?
0: I think he's the swing vote here. So what do you do? You go get a guy that you know is going to. You go challenge. I'm saying, and and, and this is going to be a decent wide receiver group. I do think that's the case, man. You'll okay. get a guy that, that can fit that mold a little bit. That understands like, hey, this is, yeah, he can be your replacement. We really don't owe you much after this year. And this is my thing, though, Two DK. And I can say this for a lot of people. And we've done this for a while in Pittsburgh, man. But as young as this team is, I don't want to see them go get somebody else's older, reused wide receiver. How come? And I'm gonna say this out of an AFC jealousy, AFC North jealousy side of it. Okay, as much as we say we wouldn't do these types of things, how come we can't have a Jamar Chase and and uh, T Higgins? Well, that's a pretty big ask. But But they're homegrown, and they play their roles, though, DK. Like, why do we got to go get everybody else used goods to try to muster it out of them this time around? I think in this era of football, it's okay to say, yeah, we can slow roll this thing and grow a little bit more. Like Tyler Boyd, and, and like I said, Jamar Chase, and those guys that they have over there, T. Higgins, like that's legitimately three homegrown guys that you took your time with in Cincinnati, Correct it is but you know when
1: if you're the Steelers you're going to make a commitment to the wide receiver position and you can always still do that in the second round and they've really proven that yes. i mean it's it's you know when when you're looking at the guys that they've they've taken you know including juju by the way second round pick second round. george is a second round pick um uh, you know the, these are the, these because the classes have been so deep at wide receiver i'm going to throw another name out your way and that's anthony miller Yeah. Uh, Everyone forgets about him because he got hurt last year in Latrobe. But I got to tell you, Moan, they don't do a very good job of keeping it secret how much they love him. (laughs) I
0: remember it. This season
1: wasn't like two hours over before they went and signed him again. Yeah. Coming off a season-ending injury. Make sure he doesn't go anywhere. And maybe what this offense is missing is a combination of, A, the intermediate wide receiver. Okay, think about if you think about where the the routes that the Steelers usually run, that guy that's about 10, 15 yards down the field. That's not a possession guy. That's more of a okay, That's more of a middleman. Right. Mm -hmm. Secondly, maybe missing the player to do it. Yeah. Maybe that's Anthony Miller. I don't know.
0: You know, one thing, DK, that that Pittsburgh does well and they've done it well for a very long time is. And when I say this, the light bulbs going to go off on your in your head, too. Listeners to Pittsburgh has always found a way on the defensive side of the ball to replace and reload positions because they know what the mold of that position is. They have done that as good as anybody from outside linebacker to middle linebacker to corners. I don't know if we have that template for offense figured out moving forward just yet.
1: Right. 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 And ultimately, from everything that we've talked about through both segments has kind of led to this, which is, what's your identity? I think the easy thing to say right now about the Steelers, well, their identity, they're a running football team, okay? Yeah. Except that nobody does, that. nobody succeeds on the run alone in 2023. So when we come back, the only segment that matters is the Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. And that's brought to you always by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. So that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. And today's question comes from Chris Haysack, who says... Boy, i got to move this microphone back. So many exclamation points. Do you think a full-time officiating crew would solve the problem with the lack of consistency in officiating? Do you think that the NFL intentionally changes how playoff games are officiated compared to regular season games? Well, those are obviously two very different. Questions, yeah, uh, albeit under the same umbrella. I'm, I'm more interested in what you think of the first one there, Moan.
0: Full time referees, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think Ooh, about
0: that? I mean, technically, they are in a sense. I, I understand mm-hmm. there's the discrepancies between what's full time and what's not. They get compensated pretty well because they got to be gambling people that say, Hey, throw this flag in this phantom of time. Um, a full, will it improve it? My simple answer, no. Uh, because it's always the human uh, error aspect of sports that gets you. I don't care if you're umpire behind the plate. I don't care if you're umpire behind the offensive line or the head, uh, head uh, ref on Super Bowl. You're going to miss something. Like, if you sit down and you talk to referees about what they see and how they're supposed to officiate something, it's two totally different perspectives. And I'll be the first one on this show to say this. I don't want robot uh, referees either. You know, like as and this is the thing if you did have something that was that exact and call infractions the game was never would never be older over there are holding penalties there are illegal pulls there are illegal plays time and time again does the immaculate reception happen if we have robot referees let the Dallas Cowboys tell you probably not you know what I'm saying like There's some, it does, does the tuck rule happen? I know somebody benefited from it that a lot of us in Pittsburgh don't like Tom Brady, but what is the tuck rule if that's the case? You know what I'm saying? And then there are different variables, whether that goes into play the way guys play football, whether that be snow, cold, rain, or whatever the case may be. I, I, I like it the way it is, but. To say that it's perfect, I don't think it ever will be perfect. And I don't want a perfectly called game. Like, if we get a bad phantom call, most of the time, the team on the other side is going to get a bad phantom call too. The only issues that I would ever have with referees is if somebody's very partial to a team and it becomes blatant and they're play calling consistently over time and they're caught out. Or you have, and I've seen this play out too, My kid plays in a predominantly white sport in baseball. We've gone some areas of the South where he's the only black kid on the field. And from a parental side of things, DK, it was called a little bit differently. Now I hate that side of it. Yes, but you know what I do give a life lesson to my kid, push through, regardless of the fact of how bad that human being is or how we assume that person to be. And again, I enjoy the way it is. Does some stuff suck? Yes. I actually had this conversation earlier today with somebody, DK. And uh, they asked me, it was like, uh, <laughs> do you think y'all got calls in Pittsburgh? I was like, heck no, we didn't get calls in Pittsburgh. And it was like three folks around was like, Y'all got a lot of <laughs> a lot of nice calls in Pittsburgh. I don't think you ever saw it that way, but the ball always kind of went your way at home. I don't think it ever did, DK, but you you let me know where you are on this one. Well, I don't, first of all, I, when it comes to officiating, um,
1: I, I'm of the belief that everything happens so quickly and in such a blur. Yeah. And your focus as an official is, and look, I've done it at, a, at an amateur level in different sports. I'm sure you've done some too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. When it's happening, and we're not talking here like experts, everybody, by the way. If you're a <laughs> No, real not live, at all. If you're a real live official here, okay. And
0: by <laughs> the way, I spoke on my kid's baseball stuff as a parent. So maybe my uh, eyes were, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe they were orange tinted for my kid, okay? there, are,
1: there are, There's no tinting to anything <laughs> that tops that of being a parent. Yeah. So when you, when you, when you have officials watching these games, watching this action, you're thinking about rules. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about things that are not legal. Um, if you're, you know, someone who's just like a headlinesman or something like that, you're not thinking about who the teams are. Okay. Right. When you're watching an offensive line, Yes, there are some natural things that you're going to be a little bit more. And we've talked about this one before, really too, have. and Kevin, Kevin Dotson brought it up that, you know, they'll, they'll find you if they feel mm-hmm. like you're going to be. But that's because they're looking for rules. They're mm-hmm. looking for things that, that aren't that aren't supposed to be happening because their jobs are on the line if they're missing calls, not if they're favoring a team. You're just not thinking like that and I know it doesn't look like that sometimes when you watch it on TV they're thing oh they're favoring this or that or it's happening so yeah. fast It is. how I mean how quickly do you think their brains are going here you know it, we sit here and analyze the guy that made the call which I'm sure is why this is being brought up again on Bradbury or whatever but think about what he's watching okay yeah. now, That's I fair. don't he, he's seeing someone just tug on a shirt he just goes <whistles> He's not going, I I hate Kansas City or I hate Philadelphia or whatever it is. It's just,
0: you know. I'll, I'll say this quick pro tip. I'll give you two real quick. I thought the hands to the face on Sue, I didn't think it was. Did he have his hands under his neck a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the play was already over. And the umpire, the referee, the one that watched the offensive line, uh-huh. he's the umpire. He called it because probably it was Sue when he Sue, saw it.
1: Right. And that's that's what I was referring to with the Dodson thing because of Sue's reputation, which isn't what it was, no. but it's still, he still is who he is. Right. And, and, and my other, go ahead. No, no, no. That, that's all I had is just, I, I just, it's just so fast,
0: you it, know? It is but I say there's two players play that game a little bit too. Like I knew who going into certain games, DK, well, going into the Cincinnati game, I knew we could find one to get to react. That's part of the gamesmanship too, which is why having human beings out there call the game is a whole lot more advantageous to either side. Like it, it really is like the quarterbacks, like, Hey man, this guy always come through in sacks with his forearm and hits my helmet. Watch that. Like, Of course, I'm going to tell the referee that who's a human being.
1: In attempting to address Chris's question about full-time refs, I I will say this, and and you would speak to this infinitely better than I would. But I I like the idea of, of continuity and regularity with refs, even if other personality quirks arise for the simple reason that they can talk to you. Please, Moan, share with share with everybody the extent to which these guys just communicate with you. They'll walk up to you after a play and say, oh hey, gosh. hey, you're close. I, I'm oh. going to throw I'm going to throw it. OK, I don't I, you got to stop doing that. You got to let them you got to hands yeah. down or this or that or tell them, Moan. I mean, and this is yeah. not you don't they don't have that audio on television, but, 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 but it's yeah. happening all the time.
0: Because they know the game just as well as your coaches or right. assistant coaches do. Right. They actually have to study it. And and it's not just that, it's the pregame like conversation. Hey man, you hey, you guys look good, man. You guys keep what you're doing. Keep your hands in a little bit on that side right there. I'm watching you guys today, man. If you keep it clean, I won't pull a flag. Like imagine playing a game that loose. Yes. But those, <laughs> but those, but who
1: you tell me what rookie part-time ref can walk onto the field and do that.
0: Not a nail. It's Not valuable, hard. DK. Right. And, and by the way, these guys, aside from their day-to-day jobs, uh, according to the Internet, okay, they make about $205,000 a year for 17 weeks, 18 weeks. That's pretty fair. And I'm sure all that's travel is compensated. Oh, of
1: course yeah. it is. Yeah. That's uh, pretty full time.
0: <laughs> but, but there's so much and it go into it. I don't think a robot, although AI, <laughs> artificial intelligence, may allow you to let them learn the game but there there's a lot that goes into it dK it's f- full-time refs I think you got them or the pay suggests they're full-time
1: can I throw one other thing in on Man, this subject? throw a
0: bonus in there
1: this this is the bonus you know what I can't stand when when these mike Pereiras or whoever are doing these games and the fans react well Mike Pereira said it was a penalty well, guess what? He's just a he's just another ref. Okay, now he has the added advantage of sitting in a booth and looking at 75 replays or whatever yeah. it is. But then what ends up happening is there's an image yeah. that that all the best refs are the ones that the networks take away. And I've heard that one a lot. Really? It actually came up in Roger Goodell's Super Bowl press conference last week. Somebody asked him about that. Is there a way that you can keep from losing these guys? to the networks and Roger didn't want to insult the questioner but he kind of like he goes do you know how many former refs are on TV like are being paid by the networks it's a very small number
0: maybe five max if
1: that and he said do you know how many actual officials we have okay and are you presuming that all of the very best referees go on to TV no what is t- what are TV and radio looking for Moan? You know, they're looking they're for people. Yeah, they're looking for people who can communicate. Mike yeah. Pereira happens to have a pretty good demeanor. Was Mike Pereira the greatest referee of all time? Or is he that potentially not? It's just one of those, those broader misperceptions that I can't stand. Yeah. You know, oh, he said so on TV. So it must be the case. <laughs> not, not the case. Not, not the case, the case DK Moan, well, let's do this again tomorrow
0: um I'll be here if you are I mean yeah
1: well um, yeah I'll actually be up in San Francisco so.
0: look at you all the way up the coast
1: I'm working on I'll probably end up in Anchorage, Alaska by the end of the week <laughs> let's do it again
0: see see you DK